somebody behind the scenes probably is putting in a lot of hard work and not getting that, paid and not getting paid much at all. And then because you feel like you're entitled to have your opinion or say, Hey, this didn't go right. Or that didn't go right. I'm going to be pissed and go post online about this contest right. or whatever, you know, maybe be thankful first that I, the opportunity think- is there and that somebody's willing to put that work in to, to give you that opportunity. Welcome to the Shaw Strength Podcast. I am your host, Brian Shaw, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Mr. Chad Coy. And I have known Chad for 15 plus years now. It's been I got, a while. I got to meet him through the sport of strongman and uh, have definitely learned a lot. He's given me advice. He gave me advice early on in my career before I had turned pro. And uh, I was very shocked by that, actually, because you were there coaching a couple guys, a couple of your guys. And uh, at that contest, you're like, hey, let me give you a little pointer here. Let me help you out. So uh, welcome. Welcome on, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. How you doing? It's awesome. It's an honor to be here. Um, just the last 15 years, just getting to know you and being in your home and seeing your family and just seeing your life. And it's just it's awesome to be a part of it. And it's awesome just to have been able to give back to the sport. And you have done that in um, many, many, many different ways over the years. And we'll talk more about that. But I feel very excited because I get to learn more about you today. So, you know, we've been talking uh, this weekend. You're out in Colorado and uh, we got to get some training in, which was a lot of fun yesterday. But just in our conversation, I feel like I start to learn more and more about you. So, Let's talk about your, even starting with your childhood, like growing up, like what, what was that like for you? Well, I was the youngest of five boys. Okay. So you can imagine, uh, it was some tough love and, uh, my mom was pretty tough and my dad was pretty tough, but, uh, what was the age gap between all of you? Oh, I, I was the youngest. My next brother was five years older than I was like five and then like nine. So significant difference. So. But I was the youngest, so I, I got the, the most beatings, I believe. Oh, I, I can imagine. I can <laughs> imagine that. So, you know, we're, I would imagine you were very competitive with your brothers, or was there a big enough age gap there? Where Five years, it was usually just I got beat up a lot, but I, I wasn't real smart. I just kept coming back. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted more. You just wanted I wasn't going to quit. Yeah. And that was probably my number one thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't quit. Yeah. So. I think they enjoyed that because they, they could just beat me more. Yeah. Really more my brother Trent. So Okay. And he was he the next closest? He's the next closest, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. that's. I mean, that's a pretty big gap in age. It, uh, yeah, when know. I got about 15, I got a little saucy, and I got more beatings then. <laughs> I, got, I went to the hospital a few times. So Really? To that oh, extent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, bruised kidneys. Wow. Uh, you know, so you guys weren't messing around. No, it was it was a knockdown drag out. Wow! Like so I, I, mean, I got you know I was but I was not real smart. I wouldn't I would not uh, I would just go ahead and fight. And if I got beat up, it was, I got beat up. That's I got beat a, up a lot too. Yeah, but I mean, from that. So let's let's move from there. You that's resilience, right? And and um, like you said, being stubborn and and you know coming back. And uh, I would imagine that that very much toughened you up in a lot of different ways though. It, it, it really did. I mean, it, it really did. 
you know, I was the only person in our family to uh, like play. I mean, I played football. My brother was a tennis player, but you know, like okay. when I started playing football, that was just like I just watched football. And I loved football. I loved the mentality of a football player, and it just became one that. That's pretty much what I wanted to do. That's what I my dream was, and then you know that, that was part of it. And then the resilience then became I had a learning disability, so a lot of people don't realize that because I have to talk for a living. But at one point, it was a lot of stuttering. So like when you start reading in first grade, I couldn't talk very well. I couldn't speak. I could read it, but I couldn't speak it. So they said I was learning disability. Had a learning disability, so they put put me in special classes. You know how I'm like how that. How you get treated there? Yeah, so no, that's I was the and, special kid. So th- was that something that it was more of a like a speech? You had to go to like a speech therapy kind of. No, thing it wasn't. Was, I just couldn't talk in public. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was. I just couldn't do it. And then I just went. And I read, and then you know, I got introduced to the like, the bookmobile in fourth grade, and I just started reading everything I could. Yeah, which then kind of turned into that. You know, the first book I read was Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan of the Apes. So okay. here's Tarzan, he's big and jacked and he kicks everyone's ass. So I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. That's cool. So, that's really cool. And then that was not too far off. That was just, you know, read more books, more books, more books. And then, you know, 1980 came around and you watched uh, Conan the Barbarian. So after I watched that movie, I was like, mom, that's what I want to do. So my mom took me to a local uh, Nautilus center. So I started training in Nautilus when I was 12. She goes, you have to wait till you're 12, but you can start then. So 12, 12 was the, 12 was the, uh, the age, age that had to happen. Now, I played around with my brother's stuff, but like, no, I didn't tell anybody because I, I know I, my dad told me I couldn't do it or my mom would tell me I can't do it. But at 12, they took me to the Nautilus Center and I learned how to do it right. That's, that's really cool. So you, did you have to do a class or something like going through learning no, each they, exercise? Or? You, you, basically, it was that old-time Nautilus circuit. You just did like 12 movements. And you did one set to failure, and that was your whole workout. So it was all machine based. It was all machine based. Okay, that's interesting. So with with you know you're saying first grade, um, you know reading and talking and, and all that were a lot of kids picking on you at that age, or do you remember that? Or I, I just remember them laughing at me because I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't read in public. You know, so it's so like would, really, you, would you have to get up in front of the class and try yeah, to do they, that? Yeah, they'd try to do that. It's like, then you, I just couldn't do it. And then people would laugh at me and make fun of me. And it's like, you know, then I just, it just became one that, you know, when I went and learned to read yeah, and I just wanted to read more and then speaking in public, it wasn't as hard after that. And then I just became more confident because I could read. Yeah. It wasn't like I couldn't read. I just couldn't read in public. And then I got more proficient at it. It's interesting to me how you gravitated towards Tarzan, you know, and then Conan and, and the, you know, these big powerful figures and almost identified with that at such an early age. I, I, you know what? It just, it just drew me in. And, you know, I read, I mean, I read a lot of fantasy. Yeah. I read a lot of science fiction stuff. You know, it's like, you know, just the fantasy stuff was just, you know, Conan the Barbarian was like, he's the self-made man. You know, he kicked everyone's ass and he got the hot chick. So I'm like, that's what I want to do. So it's not, not a, not a bad uh, thing to go after. It's probably the same thing that most young men do. And then you see Arnold and then you, you know, you watch, I remember watching Bill Kazmaier on World's Strongest Man and like laughing, like I'm, I'm going to do that someday. And I said that to my dad. It's like, yeah, whatever. What age? I was about 13. So you got in, got to start doing the, the lifting at 12, then at 13 saw, you know, World's Strongest I Man. I saw that, and it's like the joke was, like, you, you might not remember. Do you remember when Coke was in an eight-pack of glass bottles? 
I remember the glass bottles growing up uh, for for certain, you know, like yeah. with Coke or Pepsi. I, I do remember right. the glass bottles, but not. Well, the our house was like a quarter mile away from the from the our convenience store, so I would carry back, you know, four of these eight packs of Coke, <laughs> and I'm like, it's like world's strongest man. Make it. I can't set them down, no matter what. That's you're doing so, a carry medley. So That's I was carrying that. So that was become that was just you just saw it on TV. And I was like, that's just so cool. Yeah. And you know, then it's like 13. I, I kept training the Nall center. It's like when I was 14, it's like, I need to lift weights. I need to lift real weights. So we, we owned a convenience store in Apple Orchard. So I'd saved all my money and I bought my first gym. Like when I was, that's about, awesome. You know, and, and then I just started lifting and I knew nothing. I was clueless. I mean, the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding was probably the worst book I could have ever read. Yeah. But it got me started. And then I just start training and training. And then I finally went to a commercial gym. And there were guys there that kind of like, you know, do this. So I just started doing. I just, I mean, I always squatted and deadlifted and pressed. And, you know, then, it, but I, I kind of ate like a prepubescent girl because I was afraid I was going to get fat. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't eat enough. Yeah, I mean, to compliment the training for sure. No, like if I'd have learned, if, if I could have known then what I know now, how much better of an athlete would I have been? See, that's it's interesting that path, though, when you go down it, because it sounds like you kind of dabbled with some of your brother's stuff before you were able to go at 12 and then, right. you know, start doing that. And then, you know, from there at, you know, 12 years old, 13, 14, you know, for a, for a, uh, you know, boy at that age, I mean, your, your body's going through a lot of changes and, yeah. you know, it's something that did that getting into that when you did at 12, did that really help with confidence? And it was it something you started to really have a passion for at that age because of the changes it made for you. I, I think it did. I just, I think from the very first time I laid hands on weights, I just loved it. And like, I couldn't like, like I would tell mom, like, Mom, I, I got to go to the gym. She's like, well, I can't. Like, the hell, I, I don't care. I want to go to the gym. This is, this, is, this is important to me. So, you know, we went three times a week, and that was something that she and I did together. And she trained, you know. So then, you know, I just started training, and, you know, then it was always about football. How does it make – it made me a better football player, you know. So I had – and my mom was pretty tough. You know, she was like, there was uh, – you know, if you'll see me, like, I'll write – well, a lot of people, like, I write DBAC or – D B A P on stuff. Like, what the hell is that? It's like, well, that's what my mom would tell me. Like, what's that? I go, don't be my mom would always say, Don't be a pussy. Hey man. And you can tough. you can imagine what the C word was. So that was yeah. when she was really mad. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I write that down. It's like that just becomes something that, you know, you can't you just you gotta go. Well it's saying it sounds like it's very much something that was ingrained in you. You know, I mean you're growing up with that and, and this is just the expectation, right? And you know, I mean I I know for me you know, it wasn't exactly that, but my dad was tough on me too. Right. And, and I had to walk that line and I couldn't quit. And if you're going to do something, you do it the best that you possibly can. And, you know, that's just, it's, it's a, a very important quality, I think at a younger age. And, you know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, I mean, I had an older brother so I can relate to that and, you know, you get picked on and you get beat up and yeah. it's just the way it goes, you know? So just, you toughen up. That's it. Don't, don't, there's no real choice. I mean, and I, like I, I, and I, I, it's funny because I've gone into my profession as a, as a sports performance coach for youth performance. You know, it's just like, you know, you have to teach kids how to be tough. They're not, I don't think kids are as tough today as they once were, you know, because life is easy. Yeah. You know, so, but when you teach those kids to be mentally tough, I mean, that's what's going to really, 
at the end of the day, you know what? Athletics will leave, but you're going to have a kid someday. You're going to have a family someday. You have people to take care of. I don't want to get up to work, but I've disciplined myself to get up and do what has to be done in order to take care of the people I care about. Yeah. I think that's what we need to be teaching kids, and, and it, whether it's youth or, or adults. Yeah. You know? I, I think that's that's very, very important. Very important. And I think I have seen that as well as the generations have have changed and you know i mean i have a different perspective now as i'm starting to get a little bit older and and you know you see um within the sport of strongman or other athletes like you're saying and you have an even better perspective than i do on that and it's just something that you know i think parents either are a little bit scared of being hard on their kids or don't want to do that or or you know just you know, but you're not doing them any favors. We always want to make our kids, our kids' lives easier, make it better than we had it. But if you make it too easy, then they're soft. And I see whether it's in athletics or in everything in our society now, there's just a lot more people who are soft. And if you look like when you started Strongman or when I started Strongman and the kid, the guys now coming up, it's not like they're doing this. Like I don't know if soft is the right word. They're just like not uh, – their mental fortitude isn't there because they don't like, I got to go train. Yep. Like well, I can skip today. Well, you fucking can't skip today. You got to no. transfer to the gym yep. and you know what? You're going to punch the clock 70% of the time you're going to have, and then you're going to have a shit workout and then you have two really good ones. Yep. But where's champions are made is when you don't want to go to the gym, when you make yourself go and you just get it done. And I think that's what a lot of people are lacking now because they're so distracted with social media or all the other distractions of life that they can't focus on what they want yeah well jumping in i mean for me jumping into strongman i didn't have any equipment for my first literally zero right and i just said hey i'm signing up for this i'm gonna go figure it out and there was no novice class there was right went right in it was open and you just went and did it and then you know i mean i don't think that that necessarily doing the novice class has been a bad thing for the sport because i think it opens the door for more people but with that being said, I think a lot of the newer competitors now, they'll look at a contest and they'll look at the events and say, well, I'm not good at that or I'm not good at this. I'm not going to do it. I'm scared. Right. I'm scared to put myself out there. But the way that I took it, and I'm sure the way that you took it was, I'm not good at that. I need to get better. I'm signing up and I'm putting my back against the wall. And you're, you have this amount of time then from when you sign up to when you do the contest to get better. Well, the crazy thing back when we started there, people didn't have equipment. I mean, we built all of our own crap, you know, and it just became, then you went to shows to, oh, they've got that. Oh yeah. I'm going to go do that show because they've got this piece of equipment I've never seen. Yes. Or back then, um, you know, we traveled a lot, you know, guys would come to my place. We go to someone else's place. I mean, you know, you'd learn, I mean, I've taken trips overseas to go train with the best guys there were so I could learn. I mean, I had a great, one of my favorite trips I've ever taken was to Finland in 2000 and to train with a Hola and, and Sven. And then I ended up spending like the whole, you know, literally a whole night with Sven just training. Like after I've con I've done a contest, he's like, dude, you did the contest. He's like, yeah, but I want to learn. I don't care. Like, awesome. Aren't you sore? I'm like, yeah, I took some ibuprofen. I'm solid. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, and I learned so much and just developed that friendship with him. That's, I mean, 21, 22 years ago. Crazy. It is crazy. And and I, I mean, I very much respect that because I did the same thing. I mean, when I started, I didn't have anybody around me to necessarily teach me, hey, this is the right way to do this wrong way. I would just try to watch whatever videos I could find. 
take that information, break it down, see if I could use it yeah. for me. And it was a trial and error. And then, you know, once I started actually going to contests and, you know, I, I met you and Van Hatfield and a few of these guys, uh, Carl Gillingham, Dave Austin, like those guys that were around, you know, kind of at the beginning. And I was like, hey, can I come train or can I learn or can I talk to you about this? Can I, you, you know, whatever information I can take, right. I, I wanted to be a sponge to take as much of that information from guys that had been there before me so I could get better. Yeah, you were a student of the game. You went and tried to learn. And like, I think that's the thing. Back then, there wasn't, you didn't have everything at your fingertips like now. Like you can Google shit now. And it's, it's all right there. You can find somebody. You know, and there wasn't coaching. There wasn't equipment. There was no equipment manufacturers. I mean, Brian Neese was the first guy to make equipment with massive strength, and it was distributed through Powerlift. You know, and that was back in, like, what, 2000, 2001. So you you build everything. Yeah. I mean, I laugh because if you remember the Power Team or, like, a Christian group. Yes. Like, yep. they had came to Kokomo back in, like, 98, and they had used a log, and they like, it's a 300-pound wood log. <laughs> I'm like, dude, when they were done with it, because it was at my church. Yeah. Like, well, that log wasn't going anywhere, but to my gym. Yeah. It wasn't a 300 pounds. It was like 180 pounds. But that's where we started. It was, we did it. And then, you know, then we found fab guys and just started fabbing stuff. That's, that's the way that you had to do it. And I think there's, there's something to be said for that with, with getting into the sport and not having it easy. Right. So it was, it wasn't right at your fingertips. So you didn't get the information. You had to seek the information and you didn't have equipment. You had to find somebody that could build it for you. Or, you know, I mean, I know for me at the start and I've, you know, I've talked about this before, I didn't have any money. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're nothing is handed. So it's, no. I'm, I'm finding a guy that can get some scrap metal and make something for me. That's not the best, but you, you make it work. Right. So I didn't have top of the line, brand new, shiny, everything. It was very not glamorous at all right you're just training but you love it right and you're you're i can see the vision of where i'm trying to go and and i remember there's a lot of a lot of training sessions i did by myself and you know i mean it was just my parents garage by myself and you know a lot of times i'd have to scoop the driveway and throw down some salt so i could do carries out there by myself and it's freezing cold and i'm out there by myself and it's like i'm loving it man because yeah. i'm working to get better and, you know, as many people, I guarantee there's people that drove up and down that road and thought I was a lunatic, you know, but, and that's, that's debatable. That's, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I saw where I wanted to go and I was willing to put in the work to get there and, and whatever, you know, obstacle I had to overcome or, or whatever challenge was in front of me, I wanted to figure out how to get through it and, yeah. and get get past it and open the next door and open the next door. And whether that was knowledge, whether that was equipment, you know, whatever. But if you're willing to sacrifice to that level to get there, you can make a lot of things happen. Right. And it, it sometimes I think maybe there's a downfall to having it so easy, right. Where it's right at your fingertips and, and, you know, you can easily get to a gym that's got implements. You and, don't have and to strive and struggle. You know, and it, it t I think it takes a little bit away of the learning curve because you, you get it so easily given to you right now. And I think people then they take it for granted. That, hey, I and I got done in two years, so it took you ten years to do. Yeah. You know, and you know they just they just think it's it's so much easier. Like again, like when you came up, I mean that was like two thousand. I think I met you in two thousand six in yep. Tulsa. Yep. Yeah. 
you were the talk. I was laughing. I don't know if I. I think I've even told you this once because I was talking to the guys and I talked to you and you're like, you know, you train. You're you're at ASU. You're with Ken. You're with Leanne Blinn. I'm like, you know what? I laughed and I said because you were asking. And I I, I love helping people. I'm a coach. That's, that's what I do. It's my living. Yeah. It's my profession. That's what I do every day. So like helping was like, yeah, man, this guy's. I told him I go mark my words. He will turn pro within a year and he'll win worlds within within five years. And I think I was wrong because I think he did in four. Yeah, from well, yeah, two thousand. I, I guess I should I should have done it in four. I tied in four. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's, and it, I, I think at that time I think I remember just sending you text messages like, "Dude, you got this. Crush this shit." And I just laugh about it. I think about it now. It's like, it, but, but that show you were you were right there. Yeah. Right there with not having any equipment. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, and that's again it, you're you're traveling across at that point that was oklahoma so you know i drove there drove to oklahoma from colorado to you know get this opportunity but again that was the commitment you know so that was my second at that time that was my second pro-am that i had done and then i got my pro card a month later in utah right so it's the third one that i did and you know and so but again i had only done i mean it's just insane to think back to that where I hadn't really trained with any of the stuff and you know I just had very primitive equipment I think at that point in time I had bought a log uh and I maybe had started training the log a little bit but you're not really some of these things I'm doing for the first time at the show and it's like hey I've got a base I'm trying to do the best I can to maybe replicate it in training but you're showing up you're going after it and I remember back then too if you were going to get into one of those contests it was a mail in entry Right. right and yes. you, and if it if that form got posted you i remember specifically that one i actually was on the wait list for oklahoma i didn't get in and and it was because i didn't get my entry so you had to basically try to overnight your entry form so that it was there so you actually got a spot because it was cut off at 20 or 25 right. but everybody was so competitive getting in you didn't even know what the events were and it was like i'm signing up next one i'm signing up and that was it was so competitive and now you see these these contests that'll go on and you'll have competitors sign up well i'm gonna i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait there was no luxury of waiting back then because if you waited you were you were on the outside looking in versus being able to do it i think the only benefit now that a lot of promoters are doing is like when you enter is when you go in the order of events. Which so if you're that, the first hey, one, you're the last guy to go. Like I always want to be the last guy to go. Yes. Yep. That, that would be a benefit. That's, that's a good way. That's the only benefit, but there's yeah. so many people now like, Oh, I qualified for nationals in the, in August of 2021 and nationals are in June of 2022. I'm going to train for nine months for the same. That's like, and then you wonder why you're burnt out and beat up. Sure. Cause you're overusing the same movement patterns for so long. Big time. That's yeah. That's crazy, man. So for you with football, how far did you go with football? You know what? I, I was, a, my dream was to play college ball. So in high school, and I remember no one in my family went to college. I was the first person to go to college. Or the first person to graduate. My brother had gone to college, but he's five years older, so he was t- he was on that he was on that nine year plan. I I didn't want to do the nine year plan. So, no, that's a that's a uh, long plan. Yeah, he's incredibly <laughs> intelligent. He's got multiple degrees, and he stayed in, and, and he's done a phenomenal job. So I'm very proud of how far he is. He's probably the most intelligent person I've ever met. Um, you know, I on the other hand was not real super smart. I was a pl- more of a plotter. Like I gotta grind to make make it work, but I know what I know, and I like like the what I'm good at. I'll, I'll be really good at. Yeah. So you know, I I played ball and I I 
I started as a sophomore. You know, my goal was to play college ball. I had a bunch of offers to play small college ball, but in that infinite wisdom at 18, I'm like, I'm not going to a small school. I'm going to walk on at Purdue. Okay. And I've got five years to play for, and I'm going to take as much time as I need to get big. Then I'm going to walk on. Well, I didn't realize that when you walk on, your, your clock starts ticking. No one told me that. Totally. So I didn't yep. know that until I, I met with uh, Chester Cass, who was the recruiting coordinator at the time. He's like, you know, my couple of my roommates and I, we all walked on at the same time. They were a little bit younger. Um, so when I walked on, I was like, you know, you're, you're dude, you're never going to play. I mean, you've got two years, you got two semesters of play. Unless you're Lawrence Taylor, you're never playing. I'm like, okay, I'm not Lawrence Taylor. Huh. But I tested out. I did a good job. And what happened, that door shut, and then the door that opened was, but we do need assistant strength coaches. So I went down and I started working for, for Steve Little, who was the head strength coach then. And I got to see, my goal was to, to see it from the player side and then, then, then become a strength coach. Um, at that same time, that same year, like there was a semi-pro football team in Lafayette. So I, I wanted to play football. Yeah. So I just went out and I, I played the next eight years of semi-pro football. And in the meantime, like in the offseason, I'd power lift and then I'd do – football and then like then we started the strongman stuff it's like we want to do strongman there was no strongman contest back then because it's like if you remember iron mind and randy strawson's like yep i was i had iron mind and i you know hard gainer was another magazine i i, I read a lot about that's Stuart mcrobert uh, another like more of a abbreviated training advocate which is more how i tr how i'd like to train at the time you know so then randy where's a contest so there really wasn't one it's like well we'll just throw one that's how the central USA became a contest, but it was like, we didn't know shit. So we did, yeah. a, we did a bench press and a deadlift and a farmer's walk the first year. And then in 95, then we, we got a, another, we added another event. We did a bag carry. So we had, we jokingly, we made a sandbag and her name was Sandy. And it was like at the end of every <laughs> workout, you're doing finishers with either farmer's walks or Sandy. You're carrying shit. Okay. You know, so it just became, you're looking at that stuff and then you're watching strongman, but there was no shows. Yeah, you know, you could see World Strongest Man on TV, but there were really no contests in the United States. Other than there was a place in Pennsylvania named Sugarloaf that had a show, and then we started our show, and then there were some, then then more shows in like '98. Then the uh, Chris Mavermatis put on Strongest Man Alive, but we had done the Central, and at the time I was working in the nutrition industry, so I was head of R and D for HDT, Human Development Technologies. So their co the company was kind enough to sponsor our event. So we had a $5,000 supplement package for the winter. Wow. That's we, incredible. Yeah, was, I mean, that's 90, was that? It was, it was 96 the first year we did it. Wow. Yeah, that's so crazy. like, it, I just remember guys like, oh, there was a guy, there's a famous gym in the Indiana called The Pit. It's okay. one of the oldest gyms in the country, or in, in the state, in the, in the country probably. Dick Condor runs it. Um, this guy calls me up and he's like, I don't want no money. I want the money. I don't want no supplements. So I'm like, <laughs> cool, dude. I'll give you $1,000 for your $5,000 of supplements. You're on. He comes up, he gets his ass kicked. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. win. The guy who wins was my training partner. Okay. We talked yesterday, Doug, Doug R. And yeah. Doug was, we played ball together. He worked for me. And he's 6'8", 400 pounds. Yeah. You know, he's just a huge human being. And and athletic, you know. So he he won. And what's funny is how we got started. Like, that was 96th and 97. We threw Indiana's Strongest Man. We just threw a couple contests a year. You know, and it was always based before football season because we always started football in, like, June. So you would do the strongman, and then you would start your semi-pro. Yeah, then you start your season, and you play football season. Or then I also did powerlifting. At the time, I did, I did drug-free powerlifting, so I competed wherever I could. And in the state of Indiana, like NASA was big, so that's the Nat Natural Athlete Strength Association. ADFPA, which is now the USAPL, okay. was big back then. 
USPF, APF, but it's like you had to find a meet, and then it's like I played football, so I have to get in shape, and then I, shit, I can only really compete in like April, May before I'm going back in the season. Totally. So it's like you know, it was very that's short. A, that's a lot of things to balance from from your athletic standpoint, right? So, but I, like powerlifting, you just lifted, and then you just went ran and hit people. Yeah. So it was cool. Um, you know, I and I, I was become a very good football player. Yeah. So in 95, which was like my, I'd have to say my pinnacle season, the American Football Association, which is an amateur football association in the United States, I was the defensive player of the year. You know, I was, I went to a, we had a bowl game in Vegas that we had a tryout. There was, a, there was an NFL combine tryout. So like, you know, basically you do your tryouts and like, well, okay, so Brian, how old are you? Well, I'm 12, that's time. Like, how old are you, Mr. Cole? I'm like 27. Sick. Like, next, huh. there was my tryout. I was done. Just because of your age, because your age—that's crazy. And they looked at Doug, and they love Doug, and they're like, "But he's 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 twenty-eight, so you're done." You know, so that's just that short window there. And I played football, and I loved it, and I enjoyed football. Um, but then, like the strength sports, you know, like I just wanted to. Like we saw it, and there was never a big show, but you saw in '97 when they had World Strong or America Strongest Man at Prim. So then the next year, Manfred Hobel and Magnus for Magnuson put on the AFSA, the American. Uh, Strength Federation. I don't care what the hell, ASFA, whatever it held. Yeah, back then, but then it was with Lonnie and a couple other guys, and they had it out at the track in Vegas. So you went out like, man, there's like, like you're there. And oh, there's there's Harold Collins, Chief Iron Bear. He was yeah. in the worlds, and oh man, there's Gary Mitchell. There's Terry Brennan. Like, oh my god. So we got there. And I was like, it went. I went with Doug. Okay, I, I didn't go from. I mean, I was like, I'm, hell, we're doing it. He's doing it. I'm just supporting him. He's my training partner. So we're gonna go. I had no idea that I could what I could do. And I ended up, That's interesting. We ended up making the finals. Wow. You know, and so you're, you're stepping into this contest and, and you, you said it's 98. That was 98. Yeah. Wow. That's so, a, and after, I mean, at that time, so, so Magnus was, had already won worlds four times. Yeah. And then, you know, Manfred was obviously, uh, he was top, he was yeah. top, but they were kind of phasing. Manfred was definitely out. I mean, Magnus still, com- he still competed. Yeah. You know, but he didn't compete as much. He wasn't really chasing it. Um, and then we went out there and it's like, I ended up making the finals and I guess turning pro, you know, cause then I was considered a pro strongman. What the hell that even fucking means? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had <laughs> AFSA pro cards and there was the NSA and then there's IFSA. So you've had all those code, but then you just, you, for me, it was like, I, I looked for every show I could and I just went and did it. Yeah. I didn't care. I didn't care. Just, what I mean, at that point I would imagine it's just gaining experience, but I mean, what's incredible to me is, you're reaching out and saying, Hey, I want to do this strongman stuff and I, I want to put on a contest. There are no contests. Well, I didn't really. want I wanted to do a contest. I didn't want to put one on. It's just, yeah. There wasn't one. So, had so to you one. had to put it on yeah. and compete just to open the door to to, to and, try. And that's what a lot of these guys young guys don't realize. Like, you know, we used to if you put on a show, yeah. you loaded it on the truck, you took it to the venue, you unloaded it, you did the contest, you reloaded it and put it back in the gym. Man. You know, it's like they, so they're like, they, when they go to a contest, like whenever I go to a contest, I, I thank every spotter loader. I thank for the promoter. I thank everything for doing it because I know how hard it is. And there are kids out there. There's people out there that don't do that. They take it for granted. Or they get pissed off at the promoter because they didn't do X, Y, and Z. It's like, dude, until you step into that, nice. you have no idea. And now you, I mean, you've done now two shot classics and you, you see what it is. And like you go oh, the it's... extra mile for everyone, for the athletes, for the help for the fans that come it's like that's what that's what strongman to me is about and when i watch you do this like it makes me just it makes me smile because it's like you know what i was part of that trip for you to get you there absolutely and it makes me like proud as a coach because i can look at you know 
my accomplishments in strongman are, are in comparison are nominal, you know, but then the, the impact that I've been able to make with so many different people, that's what really matters. And those relationships, that's what matters. I could give a shit about winning. I mean, okay, I'll take that back. I really want to win. Of course you do. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. hate losing. I hate losing. But, you know, I've, I've learned a hell of a lot more from losing than I've ever learned from winning. And that's the way, that's the way it is. But, you know, you're, you're exactly right as far as stepping into the promoter role and handling all of that stuff. There's so much stuff that comes with that. And I wish, just like what you said, that a, a lot of the newer athletes and athletes that don't maybe think about that, take a step back and realize, hey, all these, this weight or, you know, whatever it might be in front of them, all that, somebody had to put it there. Somebody had to load it. Somebody had to move it. Yeah. Somebody had to set it up. And that's not easy to do. So the opportunity is somebody behind the scenes probably is putting in a lot of hard work and not getting that, paid and not getting paid much at all. And then because you feel like you're entitled to have your opinion or say, Hey, this didn't go right. Or that didn't go right. I'm going to be pissed and go post online about this contest right. or whatever, you know, maybe be thankful first that the I, I opportunity think, is there and that somebody's willing to put that work in to, to give you that opportunity. That, that would be my wish that everyone was just grateful for the promoter that took their time, took their money and sunk it into the sport Big time. because you know, I, I look at it like we, we did the, that was 94. So you were at the 2014 central USA because yep. we coupled it with the masters of America's strongest man. And it's like, you saw that whole event. I mean, that, yep. that was 20 years worth of growing that event. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. You saw my training hall back then. Um, all that equipment was built over 20 years. So we didn't throw anything away. We never got rid of it. Well, we, we got rid of some stuff cause I'd sell some stuff off. Yeah. Like, I think I sent you a, Car, a car deadlift frame car but, deadlift squat yeah, frame yeah yep. i remember loading i remember loading that up on the truck because you yep. sent the guy out i was i was just that was one of those things was, yeah i remember i, I still think we were, i think yeah. we were walking i said hey man i recognize that yes that's uh, yep. william strength old william yep. strength. we used it to warm up for the car squat this year yeah yep. yeah i remember saying it. yeah it's i mean but that's that's exactly it it's it's giving back giving back and and you know one of the things that i said early on and you know it's picking up from guys like you is I got in this sport and the sport has given me a lot, right? And I've, I've put a lot into it, but also my goal is to try to leave it in a better place than when I got in. And so that's very much what I'm trying to do. Definitely done that, my friend. Yeah. We're getting there where you got, I mean, we're just scratching the surface. It's exciting, but we're, you know, it's having that mentality, right? Rather than coming in and, Oh, well, the sport owes me something or I'm going to come in and take, 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 and then walk away. It's like, Hey, you know what? It's, uh, it's given me opportunities. It's given me friendships. It's giving, given me, you know, the, the, uh, ability to travel the world and experience different cultures and i mean just so much so many different things over the last you know 15 20 years for me and it's amazing right and and you know i want that to continue i want that to be there for you know the next generation of athletes and and you know that's kind of my mentality with it is to try to give back and provide and and put into the sport too um and that's you know you're the you're the guy that started that right you're you're paving the way here, here in the u.s for sure with doing that, which is amazing to me. There's a lot of people there. I, I, I was there in the beginning, like Willie and Dion and yeah. there's other great people that have really, Oh, totally really pushed the sport yeah. forward. I've just kind of been there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I think Clint Darden made some 
post about me how I swam the implements across the Atlantic or some shit like that because I've been here for so long. I think you made some comment like I was here before Strongman started. I uh, but I, you know, it, it is. I mean, you you just want to see the sport continue to grow. I mean, you made a comment about the novice class. I'm the jackass who created it. So yeah. I'm like we need to put a novice class so we can get some more people to try this stuff. Yeah. You know, because back then it's like you went to a show. And there was no, you went to that show and there was pros, there was no distinction. And that distinction didn't really happen until like 2002, where they were then created the, the pro card system, which I think at the time, I think, it, I think it's still a good system. It just it has failed in the, over the last 20 years. When it first happened, it was like, hey, you got your pro card. You went to these four shows. You qualified for America's Strongest Man. If you went to America's Strongest Man, the top five guys got to go to World's Strongest Man. So it was a great system. Now that system kind of fell apart. 2004, then when IFSA and, and, and World Strongest Man split. So that just, you know, they no one remembers that stuff, though. They don't remember where. I, I think it's important. I think culturally in this country we forget our history, yep. whether it's the United States, what makes this country so great, or what has made this sport so great. We've forgotten our history. And, the, and paving that road was not easy. No. You know, and there's a lot of a lot of people put a lot of work in that to get the sport to where it is today. To so again, I think back, be thankful. I mean, I, I always one of my favorite books is The Gunslinger by Stephen King. It's like remember the face of your father, and that, that's remember how you got here. Remember the people that paved the way. Yep. So, like when you called and said, "Hey, will you come judge this show for me?" I'm like, "Dude, I would love to." And I, I was so taken aback because you've got so many people in your life, so many better people than me as, as athletes oh, that you man, asked to come here yeah. to, to judge that show. It's like, you know, I was so honored. It's like, you know, like that's why I say when I come, I'm here for you. You tell me what you need to get done. Well, it's, we'll get her done. But it's also for me, you're touching on all of that stuff, but I haven't forgotten either. For me, no, you haven't. You know, where, where everything came from, the guys that came before me. You know, for example... I can name every winner of World's Strongest Man all the way through every single year, right? And I know all of them and I would know, and I haven't had the pleasure of meeting all of them yet. But if I did, I would know who they were. I would give right. them respect. I'd walk over and shake their hand and, and know exactly their story to talk to them about. Whereas a lot of guys that have gotten into the sport, you know, and I've done this with guys that have come to my training group, I'll, I'll literally say, hey, you know, who won World's Strongest Man this year? Or can you name five or 10 winners or things like this? And it's like, if you can't do that, why? Why can you not do that? And it's, it's again, I think the younger generation is just like, hey, I'm forgetting about all of these men that came before me or women or whoever that right. have paved the way and, and kind of laid that framework for where we are now. And it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been you know, all sunshine and roses and, and whatever. It's a lot of people had to put a lot of hard work into to get to the sport where it is now. And I mean, it's grown tremendously, which is exciting, right? It's very exciting. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that have been impacted, I feel like in a very positive way, because even, you know, and you could speak to this too, but even the most normal person, right? they can go use strongman as a training method, <laughs> I mean, I, we, have, we, we train athletes and we, we train, I mean, Parisi is a sports performance company for youth, but we can only train kids from four to eight. So we train a spectrum of people. I mean, I literally have our silver strong ladies who are 60 and older and our silver strong guys 
They do farmer's walks. They do bag carries. I mean, they deadlift. They train on an axle. So, like, hey, that's what you do. I'm like, yeah. I mean, everyone, you can do it. Now, they have to earn the right to get there. But you know what? A loaded carry is one of the functional movement patterns the human body performs on a daily basis. So, why not become proficient at it? You know, so we look at that, and I see how much strong hand it has now kind of infused itself in strength and conditioning. So you see all the stuff that now strength and conditioning coaches where 20 years ago it was taboo, don't do that. Yep. Now it's like it's pretty much a mainstay that everyone's using it because it's a great way to train the body from many angles to make you impervious to injury. Yep. You know, And I think that's what we have to do. We have to build these resilient bodies of these athletes so they can handle the beatings that they're going to take in whatever sport they're doing. You know, so for me, injury prevention becomes one of the most important things when we train our athletes. You know, whether it's whether it's a youth athlete or an adult or older athlete, how do we prevent those injuries? And then we look at corrective exercises, how we build those in. And you can use strong. I mean, I, I use strongman all the time with all my all my athletes. Like, why? Because it works. Yeah. And it works. And you, in functionally, you get stronger overall. Like you said, it's a functional movement pattern yeah. for athletes and for everyday people. I mean, if you have to bend over and pick up a bag of groceries hey your your husband grandma your husband forgot to take the salt down and grandma grabs that 40 pound bag of salt and carries it down the basement yeah. it's in the water softener which is awesome that's big stuff huge and then they don't think they can but i got one of my ladies who couldn't I, like i can't play with my grandkids because i can't get up and off the ground i said well let's work on that now she gets up and down off the ground chases her grandkids around and she's doing farmer's walks and sled pushes and <laughs> she thinks that's that's this is fun i mean or like one of my clients, Jane Smith, and she's like, she wants to back squat. She's 80 years old, and she wants to back squat. So she just recently back squatted her, her age. That's amazing. Which is really cool, and just watch that self-confidence and self-esteem build. Now, coming back to our sport, you know, those novice kids, they do a novice class, they get that one under their belt, then they go to another show, then they build it up, and it just over time, like we didn't have that luxury. You know, yeah. you, went, you, you went right in and you just got pounded. Yep. You know, and it was like, there was no weight class. So, you know, I, I did my first America strongest man. I was 242 pounds. I was definitely the smallest dude to show. And, and for most of my career, I've always been the smallest guy in the show. Yeah. You floated around that mid two hundreds, right? Maybe no, what right. to 50, 60, 70. I got up to 278 once. And I was like a, I look very offensive lineman ish, which is <laughs> quite offensive. If you're a linebacker, <laughs> I remember seeing one like, Oh my God, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm thick as thick. This was thick, but not with the C, the two C's. It was a C and a K. It was yeah. very chunky. So with your career from '98, then you went and competed in that contest. Mm -hmm. Where did where did it go? Like for you, like how did how did the evolution go for you personally within the sport competing? Well, the I goal mean, was always to make. The goal for me was to make world strongest man. I set that goal. It's like you know, I want to do it. I'm, I would say I'm genetically uh, more genetically average than the average strong man. You know, I'm six feet tall, 245, 250 pounds at the time. You know, I want to make world strongest man. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make world strongest man. I mean, I came from drug free powerlifting. I had a goal of doing it the way I wanted to do it without the use of drugs. You know, not that I give a shit if anyone does, that's their bag. That's up to them. I had made a choice, you know, and then I just did every damn show I could. And I was really blessed because I had some really kick-ass training partners. And, you know, I met Brian Neese, and Brian came up, and he had, he had won America's Strongest Man, you know, and then, you know, Brian Schoonfeld. Um, I actually saw him in the gym. I was, I was, 
I worked in a nutrition company at the time. So I came into Gold's gym and I saw him. It's like, Bobby, Bobby Brooks, the guy who was the manager, goes, man, you got to check the Schoonfeld guy. He's a fucking nut. So he's <laughs> over there behind neck pressing like 275 for like sets of five. I'm like, hey, dude, you should come down and do Strongman. Yeah. So he came down to our show. And it's like, you know, I was like, and I made, I made a comp like, you know, he did really well. And I was like, there's nationals. You should probably do it. I mean, I did it last year, and I said, you know what? There's going to be a lot of big names there. I said, if you go, you'll probably get your ass kicked, but you'll learn a lot, and you'll get better. Yeah. It pissed Cooney off. He came. Say, saying that he was going to get his Yeah, ass. well, he was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. And he came, <laughs> and he trained and trained. We went out there, and he got second place. And then, that amazing. just lit a fire under his ass, and the next year he won America's Strongest Man and went to Worlds in 2000. That was like his, what, one, two, third show. Fourth show was Worlds. That's crazy. And yeah. he hadn't, at that point, hadn't really trained with a lot. No, hell, we didn't have implements. We so had just, the implements we had. He came, we had farmer's walks. I mean, we had tires. Yeah. You know, I, we had sleds. But he came down and trained, and then he, he's a welder, so he started making shit. And then he just that's a, he that's went, a good ability to have. Oh, Jerry, Jerry Pritchett's a welder. Oh, and, um, yeah, he's, he's making yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then Scooney just started making stuff, and then we made stuff, and then there were more shows, and more people got involved, and you know, a lot of that equipment got used by other people. Like we, it wasn't anything for someone to drive to our place on a Saturday, and we'd have thirty people out in the back. We used to joke because we did it in the back alley of the gym. Yeah, in that first gym because we were out there like in that plaza, and we. Go out in the back so people be driving by like, what the fuck is wrong with these dudes? <laughs> or my house, like you were talking about your house. Like yeah. I stored my stones in my house. Yeah. So I took the stones out in the middle. Of, like when I was trying to go to Finland, like I had to do stones. So I, I would scrape, I took off all the snow, yeah. salted it down, brought out the rubber mats, put them down, brought the boxes out, did the stones. And like then at one point, like, like I'm laughing because like, well, I had to replace my walkway because it was destroyed crushed it yeah Yeah. i crushed it you know but then you looked at our front yard like when it was nice out we just did the yard in the yard so my yard looked like a meteor shower hit it (laughs) so my wife's like finally time she's like get this shit the fuck out of here yeah so we moved it to the training we moved it to a training hall so we've always had a training hall but like i think that's the other thing it's soft people because like we had no heat we had no air conditioning i mean we had a giant fan which was kind of cool the fan fan in, in an unair conditioned uh training room is is a luxury it's a luxury big time but i laugh because like like and you've seen the training hall in kokomo yeah. um you know I'm, I'm i'm much more sophisticated now in the tra- in, in the business that yeah. i have so but back then it's like it was a dungeon man yeah, you just walk in there. You to just work. walk in and get your shit done. And like we would train in the mornings, because I would get up early in the morning, so it wouldn't affect the kids. So I'd be there for the kids. So I'd train it. We we train. I get up at four and we train at five. Wow. And I'm back home by seven thirty, getting monkeys out of bed to get them ready for school. Sure. Um, you know, but then you look at that training hall. We didn't have lights. We had floodlights. We just went. I went to spend. I went, I'm not spending any money on this shit. Yeah. I got. We got equipment. Oh, you won't spend money on lights, but you'll buy another log. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We need more equipment. <laughs> so that training hall was a lot of fun. I had a lot of good training partners then. A lot of cool guys came through. Derek Devon came through our our place. You know. Yeah. Sean Smith, who was another pro. Uh, Brittany Cornelius, who ended up winning America's Strongest Woman at one time, and she's still in the sports. Crazy, she's yeah. just a kid. Yeah. When I trained her the first time, she she did a powerlifting meet. She broke all the American records. That's is that, crazy. Is that good? I mean, she squatted like four twenty in her first meet ever. That's amazing. And yeah. at sixteen, wow. You no, know? and then she just came back a couple years later and started doing strongman, and then, bam, she's just really and she still trains to this day. So it's like I'm really proud of that, and like just 
you know, one of our other, uh, Jessica Rush, which is you, you met Nick, Nick yep. picked you up at the airport. Yep. You know, she's, she's gone. I, I got her started. She's gone with a couple of coaches. She's one world's strongest woman. She's still in it. Nick's still in it. So I look back and look at that trail of people, you know, well, and there's touched, so many different yeah, people. Yeah, you've touched so many different people through the, the path, through yeah. the journey that you were on, whether it's, you know, your place or just going to a contest or meeting somebody, talking to them, you know, it's, and that's, that's when I think for you, it, it's cool to hear all that because you can look back and say, wow, this was a, a lot of impact with different yeah. people. And, you know, people that are still in the sport, you're very much still involved in the sport, you know, and competing yourself. So you started going to America's Strongest Man and you've done 10, is that right? 10 America's Strongest I, I, Man? My, my last open America's Strongest Man was with you in 2013. 13, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had done it. You chase after that, but like in 2012, um, we had a Masters of America Strongest Man, and I got second to Brad Dunn, but Brad couldn't go to Worlds, which Glenn Ross had thrown in at the time. And at the time, it was still called Masters World Strongest Man. Now it's Ultimate Strongman Masters World Championship. Whatever, yeah. OSG has taken back the title, whatever. Um, so I went, and you know, I was the smallest guy on the show. No one expected shit from me, and I ended up getting second. Yeah. And then I came back the next year. It's like, okay, I didn't have to do America's Strongest Man, Masters of American Man, but I'm like, we're putting it on and I'm going to do it. It's in front of my hometown yep. and I'm going to do it and I'm going to win it. And then I came back and I went to Worlds and Mike Saunders ended up winning. He beat me by two points. I mean, it was a knockdown drag out. We went to the last event. He beat me by like a second on the power stairs. He beat me by a tenth of a second on the stones. You know, and I really, really love Mike. He's a great guy. You know, I competed with him in the North Americans and stuff, but like, you know, you just, you look there and you're like, okay, I'm going to do, I did that show. I'm like, okay, I'm going I'm committed. It's in Vegas. I'm going to America's Strongest Man. And that was the last one I did. I was like, you know, I'm 44 years old. Like, I'm pretty okay. You know, I don't have that robust body. I mean, like Nick Best, we're the same age, but he's a lot bigger than I am. Yeah. You know, so you're coming in at 255 pounds. Yeah. I'm giving away a lot of ass. And yeah. like, you know, there was, it's, it wasn't, I knew, and again, I knew I wasn't going to, I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go give you everything I got. Oh, of course. But I know what I'm, I'm fighting against now. Yeah. And father time is, is undefeated. This is, this is the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Then I came back and I trained my ass off that next year. Uh, one America's strongest man, uh, master America's strongest man. Again, uh, van had came out and did it. It's like, you know, he was going through some times and it's like, we just got to kind of rekindle our friendship and he was there and there was a lot of great guys. Yeah. And a lot of good amateurs came and tried it. You know, and then I went back, and that's kind of where my my, my story went sideways. Yeah, when I came back from World, so in yeah. 2014. So, but I've made it back a couple more times, and I still enjoy it. My biggest thing is the process. Yeah, like I love training. Like if I never competed again, I would it wouldn't break my heart. But I love training. I love the idea of having something to train for. Yep. So I've got three shows on the on the in my crosshairs right now to train for. With the one like last year was OSG was going to have a fifty plus class for Masters of America or Masters World Strongest Man, and I got COVID and it knocked me out. Yeah. So I was going back with the idea I'm going to win that. Yeah. So just publicly speaking now I'm going to win it this There's year. Making and a statement. I'm making a statement right now. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm bringing fucking everything to bear. There you go. There's nothing. I mean I'm, I don't give a shit what I've got to do. I'm going to do it. See, and you that know? would be cool because you're coming off two second places basically with you know, uh, masters worlds there. So that's, I mean, I know that, I know that those two second places eat at you a little bit. I, you know, if you, if you were to come to my house and you see what sits on my, it like it rhymes every day. I've got two second place trophies. 
you know, there's a place for a first place trophy. There is a place, yes. You know, and like, yeah. I'd laughingly say, I'm going to continue to sport until I fucking win one. Yeah. And if it, I have to wait till I'm 70 to do it, I don't <laughs> give a shit because there's, there's no one that will outlast me. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the mentality too. And, and, uh, you know, speaking about that, I think it's, uh, impressive the longevity, right? But, but that process, and you said you enjoy the training, you enjoy the process of training. And I think that something, that is very important to remember is that it is a process, right? And I think that, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the younger competitors out there think it's a very much a here and now thing. And I don't know why that mentality has necessarily changed a lot because for me, maybe this is just the way that I was brought up and it's like, Hey, you got You got to work hard and you got to you know, put your time in and you got to get better and then keep coming back. And, and, you know, that type of, of, um, mentality, but now it's like, well, I have to win it next year. Right. It's, it's all, you know, somebody that hasn't been doing the sport for very long is like, well, I need to, let's just say be world's strongest man. I've got to win it in one year. I've got to win it instead of thinking, well, Hey, if I get better for the next, you know, three, four, five, six years, decade, decade. Yeah then then where are you going to be but you've built up and built up and built up and i think it's impressive you know talking to you talking to guys like uh like nick best and um and ed cohen you know it's it's like man the process right it's it's loving the process of training and putting all of that hard work on display when you go to compete but enjoying the process of getting better right it's not it's 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 kind of and i'm very much the same way i mean you i think back to different you know contests and yeah great great memories from contests right but going through the training is where you really learn about yourself you learn about hard work you learn about the dedication you learn about overcoming obstacles and challenges and and you know walking in there like you said earlier with us talking here hey you're going to be a champion but some days it's going to be tough, right? You, you know, and, and maybe you have a bad day or you, something got messed up. Something didn't go right. Can you still on those type of days, can you still go get it done? Right? Because it may not be the best day, but you're taking that step forward and you're always taking that step forward. And that's, you know, I mean, I'll tell people for me, gosh, since I started training in high school, I haven't missed maybe more than than one and this is talking on the road everything maybe more than one training like in a row where it was planned and it was just something that i was completely out of my control went wrong catastrophic right where i could not find a way and this is you know i'm on the road if i needed to pull over and lift some rocks or something that was a training that i would get done so it's it's finding a way but but you know i think a lot of times uh saying that type of stuff to somebody is like, hey, I started, you know, training when I was 12 or 13, um, you know, and, and got more serious in high school from that point. But then once I was committed to it, it was not missing anything. And now you're right. you're talking about, I mean, you're literally talking about going on what almost, almost, you know, 27, 28, 29, 30 years of that, right? The consistency over that amount right. of time. And you're, you're a testament to that as well, well for yourself. I, I laugh because people ask like, well, you don't, I don't miss workouts. Mm-mm. Like, what do you mean you don't miss? I mean, I think, I think I always jokingly say like some kids will always go, what's the, what's the secret. And I, I jokingly, I, I just remember this when I, 
when I had gotten divorced and I had, I couldn't train at my gym anymore. I had to train locally in another gym in Kokomo at the Y, which is where I kind of got my start in the first commercial gym. This kid's like, you know, what's the secret? What do you take? I go, dude, it's called consistent. He goes, consistent. And I've never heard of it. I said, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. He goes, what the boy? So like, then I, I just fucking, I was just being a smart ass. So yeah. like, the next day he comes back, goes, dude, I looked up, there's no such drug name consistent ball. And I said, no, it's called consistency, dude. You know what you need to do? You yeah, need to consistently consistent. come to the gym and not miss workouts. And I, and I tell people, I was like, I've missed 20 workouts since yeah. 1980. Yeah. 20. Well, think about that. 20. Four of those were last. I mean, actually probably now 20, like that's, that's 24. Cause about eight of those were after I had COVID. Yeah. You know, I couldn't train for two weeks. So I missed those eight sessions, you know, that that's mind blowing. And I'm sure to, to the younger generation, I mean, it's that consistency is, is amazing. Well, it's like consistently. Did you consistently eat your meals? Did you consistently sleep? Did you consistently drink? Did you consistently do the recovery that you need to do to be successful? I'm sorry, guys here, here, Strongman world. It's not in the pharmacy. Yeah. That might help, but it's not in the pharmacy. It's about being consistent, about training properly, about doing the work. You know, I remember, I just remember Louis Simmons once said, like, you know, I just remember talking to Louis. He's like, you're at this gym. He's like, over in the corner, there's like a bench shirt. There's a squat suit and a, and a bottle of tests. He goes, you know, let's, you can do your bench shirt. You can do your squat suit. You can take your test. But, you know, it's all about training. Yeah. I, I think that's how, it, how he Some, sounds. Something like that. That's how he sounded in my head. You know, but like, guys, it's about training. Yes. And you know, the thing is, is train. And then why are you training? Yep. You know what? I want to be 80 years old, still pissing people off at the gym because I'm still there. Yeah. Okay. It's the longevity. It's, it's strength and health. Yeah. You know, and I think that's those flash in the pan. I need it now. Why do you need it now? Because we live in this microwave society. I can get microwave. I can get, I can get it right now. Yeah. Everything know, is of, here now. Yeah. Instead of paying the price, which like you came up now, you, I think a lot of people don't realize there's a huge difference between an athlete and a D one athlete. Yeah. You were a division one athlete. Okay. You look at those guys that were division one athletes that played sports at a high level. They have a different genetic makeup. Okay. Per higher proponents of fast switch muscle fiber. Maybe they're mentally more tough. Maybe that's what got them there. I don't know. But you know, when you look at D one athletes, there's some really, the guys that came up, there's some super studs that, you know, when you look at it, and I, I jokingly said this, I remember saying this to the guys back in like 1999. It's like, you know what? We will continue to grow better athletes here. We will win World's Strongest Man someday. Yep. You know, and that was 99. So it really was only seven years later. I said, we will end up dominating it when we get the right athletes, our athletes, into the sport. The reason the best athletes, because they can go play football, they can go play basketball. Sure. They can play real sports and make real money. So when this sport grows enough to make an athlete money, make a living, yeah. then you're going to start to see some super freaks come out. Yeah. And like you're starting to see that now because there's, there's athletes that are like, holy shit. Because when I, at six foot tall and 260 pounds, I could hold my own. I did my best. I did everything I could. Yep. But I knew I was never going to, I'm not going to beat that, that then the, at that time that six three six four athlete now it's like six 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 eight you know and they're fucking athletes yeah you know so a, a six eight athlete kicks the shit out of a six foot athlete every day of the week because you're an athlete well and that's i mean you're you're exactly right with that and that's an interesting uh perspective for sure i mean for me i played basketball in college and you know then got done and and uh you know i it, it was weird i actually ran uh the test for the nfl Right? Yeah, I, I and there, there was an agent that you know kind of saw me and was like, "Holy cow, man, you're a freak! Like this is crazy." 
So you got, you know, the size. And I was probably at that point, 320 maybe. But I could do, in the testing at least, all the athletic stuff was was ridiculous for, for right. what they wanted. But the problem was, and he actually called some teams and, and this type of thing, but it was like... The learning curve. This is the problem. I had I, I was a basketball player that, in all fairness, I probably was more of a football player playing basketball. That's just what it was. I always had to yeah, work I wouldn't want so to see hard. you po- post up against your ass. No, I, I hurt a lot of guys. I'm sure you did. I, I mean... I literally in in playing basketball there's there's one guy uh I broke his back uh by we were going for a loose ball and he happened to just get there but I'm fully committed I never back down and I I hurt him pretty bad I mean it, I feel bad about that yeah. but you know there's a lot of guys like that that I hurt with that but like I said my physical mentality with playing basketball I mean if I could do if I could box somebody out and they were going to come and I could hit them as hard as I could I love that setting screens love setting screens i loved i love that those nitty-gritty if the ball was on the floor i was on the floor that i love that that aspect of of the game um you know kind of like the hard work getting rebounds like you know that type of stuff but getting out that that door never opened right Right. the the you know it's like hey you're a you're a freak athlete the scores all the numbers are there you just need a coach that'll your, work with you. Your and biggest I, problem there would have been just learning curve of learning the skill set totally. of being a, a lineman in yeah. NFL. And you know, you could be as physical as you can. Now again, I do think this wholeheartedly. Over time, I'm sure you could have learned those skills, but what team was going to drop money to do that? This is the thing. The door the door you know, you look back on life and I think sometimes doors open and 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 close or or don't open for reasons and I very much feel that way now. I'm thankful. I'm actually thankful that that door didn't open, right? right? Like I think my path and my journey and the way that I've been able to hopefully positively affect people in their lives and, and spread a great message I'm not sure I could have done that if I would have played football. I, I I see where you've come from and how far you've come and what you've done and just such an inspiration. And when people actually hear it, because everyone, oh, Brian, he's just, I mean, he's always, no, you know, you worked your ass off for it. You've, you, you've gone the actual, you, you've made the phone calls, you've gone and trained with people, you've gone to learn more. And I think that's what makes it so cool when you see it. There are very few students of the game. Like I think like Osland and Thigpen. For and sure. When those guys, those guys wanted to know, so they just, you know, got on the phone. Yep. You know, Jesse Morundi. I, mean, I remember Jesse calling me like two thousand. Like, just calling, call, like, doesn't doesn't even know me. He calls me, he's like, hey man, this is Jesse Morundi. I'm like, aren't you that kid from Iron Mind who closed the grippers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing this show in Boston. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hey. Like, so we just started talking. He's yeah. and I, I gave him a few tips, and then then he comes and kicks everyone's ass. Yeah. And he was just a great athlete. Yeah. You know, so you've you've got that athletic. You can learn the skill of the sport now at that level the nfl that's a whole different level so, so you and take I'm that not, I, I, with with me saying this i think it's just more i'm not sitting here and saying like hey if i would have got that open door to the nfl i would have been an all pro or no. like i'm i'm who knows right but i'm saying that the door didn't open right and it i think it didn't open for a reason because right. i was meant to be doing what i'm doing now and, and i think you're making it. a huge impact in in people and, and not just strong man's life because there's a lot more people that see you and hear you they have no they're not in strong man but yeah. i think you have that message you know to i mean i'm just looking at your shirt relentless drive greatness i mean you're like okay these are the things that i think america was built on yep. 
And I think just continuously reminding people of that, they need to hear it. And then they see, look, look, look where you came. Like you said, yeah. man, I was scrap. I was getting scrap iron to make shit. For sure. Now, now like we're talking about, hey, I'm getting a Mars bar. I'm getting this bar. I'm going to do this. You know, like, yeah, look where you came from. And yeah. I think that's, that's where people have to understand that. Can everyone do it? Well, they might not be able to do it to the level that you've done it, but they can really go a hell of a lot farther than they think they can. You can always find a different gear, yeah. right? Mentally and physically. And, and uh, I think a lot of people give up before they even get started, right? Because it's, they, look at the, they look at the entire journey and maybe how far they have to go. And this is not necessarily related to training, but it's also in life. It's like, yeah. hey, I've got this goal. I've got this dream. And it seems so far away. It seems so far away in the path to get there. Instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to get better today and I'm going to take a step forward today and win, win today, right? And then what am I going to do? I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to get my sleep, and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to win tomorrow. And then you, you keep going down that journey because time's going to go on no matter what. Right. It always is, right? So you're never, you're never going to be able to get time back. So it's how do you use your time? And instead of thinking so long-term, just set a very short-term goal, even yeah. on, a, on a daily basis and say, hey, today, I'm, you know, if your goal is, let's just say, to be the best strongman you can, what are you doing about your food? What are you doing about your water? What are you doing about your training or recovery? And handle those things on a daily basis and be consistent over a long time. You will get better. Now, is that saying you can get to the level of winning World's Strongest Man? Maybe, maybe not. But you know what? You can overcome goals. Right. And push yourself to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can be. And if you do that in training, like you're mentioning these women that are, that are some of them 70, 80 years old. And I can, I can only imagine, I wish I could be a fly on the wall to watch some of that stuff happen because the inspiration that would come from them for me personally right. would be incredible. And I guarantee they're, they're finishing that and they probably have a smile on their face and it, and it makes their entire day. It makes their entire week you know, and that carry over to life from training. And that's why I, I've always said, I think everybody should train. No, I 100% agree. I, I mean, mean, I wanna, I mean I, if we, we can mandate anything, mandate people working out and eating right. 100%, yeah. 100%. Because the carryover, it teaches you so much about yourself. It teaches right. you so much about life and how to handle yourself and I mean, overcome adversity, challenges, go after goals. Those little losses. I mean, I, I think that's what we we've kind of lost is the little losses on a day-to-day -day basis that you lose and you learn how to lose. You know, if you can learn how to lose the little things, when you have the big things come in your life, um, you know, I went through a pretty rough patch and I had some really good friends that stood by me. And I think, you know, and van being one of them, I mean, van, we went to Indianapolis in 2015. He won, he went to master's worlds. We come in 2016, you know, I, I, I've got my shit back together. I'm training hard. Like I, I want to come win. You know, and my mom died. Yeah, and that's my, a, and my mom's like, you know, number one, my mom said, you don't ever fucking quit anything. Yeah. Like I like, and so I went to the show and it was the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life is just to go and compete, you know, but her expectation that you start something, you finish it, finish it no yeah. matter what. And I got there and it's like, I did not feel like competing, but Van was there for me. Johnny was there for me. You know, I mean, the whole crowd prayed for me. That's awesome. It was just like, that's what strong man is to me. Yeah, is a giant extended family, and what I want to see is that people start to understand that, like how that first step, step by step, step by step, where do you end up? Yep. You know, 
it's like your journey of fitness, you know, when we train a lot of kids. So it's like, where are you going to be in 10 years? No one wants to think about 10 years from now. Yeah. Like, I look, where am I going to be at 10? Hey, I'm going to be 63. You know where I'm going to be at 63? I'm going to be coaching people. I'm going to be doing strongman, and I'm going to be kicking ass at yep. 63. I want to be the best 63-year-old I could be. I, don't, I, I will never be the athlete I was, mm-hmm. and I know that. No, I've got to fight tooth and nail to not lose it any faster. Father time's going to win. But I'm going to kick him in the nuts a few times on the way. That's well. That's the thing, and that's the mentality, right? It's right. it's not giving up ever, yeah. and trying to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can be, and and those type of things. But that no quit, yeah. right? You don't quit, and I've talked about that now a few times just here. Well, in my life, so many different times, seminars and those type of things where you're you're talking to people, but that message even when you're going through something incredibly difficult, right? the easiest thing is to quit. Always is. Right. You always have that option. It's there. And it's it's almost like teasing you. Hey, you can quit. You can hang it up. It's easy. That's the easiest thing that anybody could ever do. Or you can just nut up and gut it, gut it out and get it done. Yep. And I think that's the thing that our society doesn't do anymore. Yep. And I think a lot of competitors don't do it. It gets tough. So like, you know, I don't know. You, you you get nicked up going into a show. It doesn't mean you're not doing the show. It just means you're banged up going in. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I jokingly said, like, you know, who's going to win the show? I'm like, okay, well, number one, who doesn't get hurt? Yep. Number two, who doesn't, you know, screw up? Yep. You know, and then who who didn't come in overcooked? And I see that's what I see a lot of guys coming. Hey, you know, like you said, you're, you're 95 days out from World's Strongest Man. Yep. You know, I'm out here, but I've been blasting PRs for the last month. Nope. Well, fuck! You're gonna end up getting the world's strongest man. You've left all your best lifts in the gym. Yeah. You know? Well, and you you have to learn that early on. Yeah. Right to have the longevity because I know that for me, with the game plan that I've got laid out, I'm going to be the best that I possibly can be at the contest. Right. Right. Training is only the process of getting there. Right. And I can't. And, and I've joked about this before uh, with different people, but. Now with with the video content, right? I can't show up to the contest with the video on my phone. Let's just say it's a log press or something, right? I can't walk right. in there and say, "Hey, we've got a max log in training. I did this max log, so here I'm going to show that video to the referee, and I'm going to get credit for it. I don't have to lift at the contest. Doesn't matter, right? Right? You don't get any credit for the training lift. If you can do something great in training, sure, that's that's awesome. Only if you can replicate it or beat it at the contest when it matters when it matters when it's all in the line and all the pressures there and you know a lot of guys are, are comfortable with training and they can do great things in training but when you put that pressure on them in the moment they've either left their best lifts in training right. or they can't step up to the plate and perform when it matters and that's that's the difference really from a mental standpoint having that mental ability to have that carryover and think about why you're training and what you're training for and what the goal is what is your goal and when are you going to be your best? Well, I think the one thing like, like you have done or I've done, like hire a coach. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you've got your, you got Shaw Strength. So you've got, here's programming. Hire a coach. I mean, you yeah. hire, you've hired a coach. I've yeah. hired coaches. You know, why do I hire a coach? Because that coach is not, I'm not going to look at my personal biases to my training. Yeah. I'm going to let that coach tell me what I need. They're going to see what my deficiencies are and they're going to fix them, yeah. you know, or like with nutrition, because you know, yeah, I've, I, I, I studied exercise science and nutrition. Yeah. I've helped people with nutrition for 30 freaking years. I hired Nathan Payton for yeah. one reason. He's fucking better at than I am. And he's going to get me to where <laughs> I want to be. Yeah. You know what? 
And, and that's why you hire a coach because they're going to take you where you can't take yourself. Last year, and I'll probably do it again, last year, uh, Clint Darden did a lot of my programming. Okay. Um, and I hired Clint because he, he's not going to do my biases. I mean, I'm going to do my, yeah, I'm going to do what I like to do. Yeah. You know, now I'm a little different cause I usually do the shit, the shit that I don't like. That's what I'll go do anyways. Yeah. Like, no, you're I don't want you, like last night. I didn't want to do that half mile on that assault bike. No, but you know, you're, you're elevation. I want to see if I can do number one. I want to see if I can do it. Yeah. I want to see if I can beat my time. And then I was just, okay, just don't be a pussy for 60 seconds. Sure. You know, when you have to, you have to be willing to attack the things that you're not as good at right? and your weaknesses. And I think that that's a very important. So I was going to say, you have the discipline to know that I have to get better at this or again, and, and I'm the same way. I thought I knew a good amount about nutrition and, and I kind of got to a point where, you know, bringing Nathan into the mix was like, Hey, let's just kick it up a notch. Right. I'm going to put my confidence in you and you're going to help me. And this is, you know, Nathan had only worked with uh, one or two guys, I think at that point, you know, with me and I was like, Hey, okay, come in. I'd already won the Arnold. I was at that level where I was coming right. in to win world's strongest man. I was a few weeks out and I was like, all right, man, let's, let's go on. So I, it may not, you know, be an immediate thing, but I want it to be a long-term thing. And that's what right. it has been with him, you know, with me. And now we know each other and, and talk about it, but a lot of guys have got benefit, you know, from him as well, which is awesome. Right. And I feel like he's he's only gaining more knowledge too, right? Yeah, so I as mean, he as he works with more and more athletes, it's like that's really you can't measure how much knowledge you're getting from the athletes and the feedback and the response. And he's and well that. researched. I mean, it's like you know, with yeah. my conversation, it's like, hey, hey, read this book. Hey, read that book. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I appreciate that because I, I am a student. I want to yeah. learn. I want to know why. Yeah. You know, and I like even with training, I want to know why. Why do I need to do this? Yeah. For me, and again, how I've always laid my training out. You know, I was more of a high intensity when i first started i was more high intensity dr ken leisner you know ellington darden arthur jones that kind of mentality one or two sets to failure that was it you know and then i then i learned a lot from louis simmons yep. you know and i i, I kind of i look i don't care who you are i want to pick your brain yep. and find what works so i've kind of developed my own thing that works for me or my athletes and then every athlete's different so i've got to adjust it for the athlete at hand of course for the amount of time they're willing to give you know hey i fuck it dude i'll train 25 hours a week well most people don't have that luxury yeah you know like you have a life you have a job you know and when you have that, then you have to make it fit and then you have to make it fit in a way that's going to make you six long-term successful and stay healthy. I look at the ability, like I've never had a, okay, knock on wood. I've never had a surgery from strongman. I've torn a lot of shit. I've got a lot of divots in my body, but nothing's ever torn off. You know, both shoulders are jacked up. You know, I've torn my pec minors gone, you know, but nothing that's required a surgery. So why? And then I look, I just trained around it found a way talk to people you know what i look at the my the coaches that i can call on are all phds yeah you know these i mean high level very intelligent people i mean john russin uh is 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 a friend and, and i've asked him questions over the years that he comes back and answers them you know clint or you know mike westling i think he used him a little bit last year or just bouncing stuff off other guys yeah i mean like yesterday we were talking while we we're training you know yeah. it's like you know i watched and and i picked up a few things like i always laugh because as a master coach for Parisi, i go out and do these certifications for coaches and invariably a young coach teaches me something every time yeah. or like yesterday just training like I, that's why i can't wait tomorrow it's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna learn something yeah 
Like, and that's that's an important quality, man. I said yeah. I, I've I've gone to so many different contests in my career, and I always walk away learning something. Yeah, you know, and, and especially early on, if you can walk in and have an open mind and watch detail, right? Like right. the detail of this, the detail of that, and that's one of the things that I wanted to go in and be a sponge and just like, right. uh, learn as much as I could, even though I was competing. And then I would take that whatever I could learn, go back and get better. And then come back and learn more. And you you get in these situations, but you you improve and you're willing to improve. Right. I, I just remember always like when I first started and I got the opportunity to do a, uh, it was a Renaissance Festival in Michigan. And Magnus, it was like Magnus, Heinz Olish. Uh, oh there was a few, several other guys. I can't remember their names now. Um, but we went and I would always just, and the thing is like the contest there, I brought the equipment. So it was my equipment. It was my field stones. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I've got, the, I, I'm bringing home field advantage with me because they needed equipment. I was the closest guy I had it. So I brought it up, you know, and when I got there, it's like, I watched Magnus touch the stones Yeah. and he literally just moved them around and found the most advantageous spot and just watch it. So every contest I would watch Magnus, what is Magnus doing? And then I've had the opportunity to train with Magnus. I mean, we were on numerous shows uh, together, and then we would train. And like, I remember, hey man, will you look at my deadlift? And what am I doing wrong? Fixed one thing, and I put fifty pounds on my deadlift in one workout. That's crazy. It's not like I got stronger. I just my he fixed my technique. So I looked at it like anyone. I mean, I just had Ed in. Ed was at our gym last year, and just you know, it was funny. Like the whole thing came down to is like stirring them up. Like, you know, we're always giving these coaching cues, chin up, sternum up. You know, I was like, uh, it, it hit me like a brick to the back of the head, sternum up. Like, oh my God, that's fucking the whole seminar was my whole seminar was learning sternum up. I, I say chest up. Yeah. But when you, the dip, chest up or sternum up, there's just it's a, a little bit of a difference. And like, so pick everything up that you can. Yeah. And like every, I mean, and, and listen to every coach. Like, like people, what do you read? I'm like, I, I read everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch videos. Why do I watch videos? Well, you know it. Well, yeah, but maybe I pick something else up. Yeah. Like, I think you have to be a lifelong student of the game, and I just want to get better. I want to be the best coach I can be to every athlete that I'm in charge of to make them successful, to help make them successful. Ultimately, they're doing it. I mean, people like, you are my coach, and you made I didn't do anything. I just showed you the way. I pointed to the direction. You did all the sweating. You yeah. know, you put the blood, sweat, and tears in it. I didn't. Yeah, but uh, that, that knowledge, and like you said, student of a game yeah. is – a very important thing. And if, if you, I've always been of the mindset, if I'm done learning and I'm not willing to learn anymore, right. I'm as good as I'm ever going to be yep. and I'm done. Right. Like if I, if I close my mind off to learning or being coachable or asking right. advice or any of that type of stuff. And, and I think that's a, that's a very important quality. And I feel like there's, there's athletes out there that are coachable that are that way and then you've got the opposite and they typically will not improve very quickly because they walk in they're arrogant they're cocky they're uh closed-minded they say they know everything i know it all know it all right and how how can you possibly know it all if you're sitting here after how many years you've done this and i'm sitting here after how many years i've done this and we're saying hey we can learn we can get better and, and you're listening to advice here listening to advice there i mean i uh you know talk to nick about different things i talk to ed I, you know, am working with Joe Ken now and he's bringing a different perspective and, you know, all these different things that makes me better. And I yeah. love it. I love absorbing that and saying like, Hey, I'm yeah. Okay. I've, I've got accomplishments. Well, in my mind, the, 
like, I don't care about those accomplishments. I care about getting better now. Right. And if you go in with the attitude of, well, look at how accomplished I am, look at my career, whatever. At that point, I'm no, I'm no longer getting better. I, I think that's the one thing that I love about you the most is that your humility of, I mean, God, dude, you've done fucking everything in this sport and it's incredible. But like right now, it's like, I want to learn more to get better. I want to learn more to help other people. And I think that's the beauty. Like, you know, we've talked about legacy before. What's your legacy? I always, talk, I always talk to my athletes about what's your legacy going to be. So it's like the high school kids. What's your legacy going to be? Are you going to put a flag up on that wall that says you won a state championship or you won that first conference championships? And I think about all those times of kids that are doing that, those legacies. But like when I look at your legacy, it's like, you know, you've done so much, but you still want to do more. And you still want to learn more. And then you want to give back. I mean, we were talking about this before. But it's like, you know, I think the most impressive thing, and I've been around a lot of athletes for a long time. You know, we're at the Shaw Classic last year. The show's over. For three hours, you're sitting there. You're shaking hands. You're, 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 you're signing autographs. You're, you're there for your fans. And not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And I think it's an incredible, incredible thing that's just uniquely Brian Shaw. Yeah. And I was like, people want to say, what makes Brian Shaw great? I could give a shit about all your trophies. Yeah. What makes you great is that you're a great human being. And that means infinitely more to me than anything. And that's what I've always wanted to be. I want to be that, I want to be that person that helps no matter what, that you just help and you make a difference. And if my goal has always been to make a difference in people's lives, you know? So, and I think that's what, I think that's what we share. And I Big think time. that's what makes me every time. I just smile. Like when people are going to say, Brian Shaw, I'm like, great guy. Yeah. What, what what else like, like is he a great strong man well no fucking shit he's a great strong man. <laughs> but he's a great guy yeah like great guy great dad i mean just watching with the boys playing it's like it's like it just it just makes me smile yeah it's, it's, and well that that and i appreciate that man i really really do and it means a lot coming from you but it's one of those things that i think it goes back to how i was raised yeah right and you know, no, Mr. and Mrs. Shaw, you did a hell of a job. <laughs> you, like I said, my dad, my dad was tough on me. My parents were tough on me, right? But it, it was something that I needed. And, um, you know, they had to control my competitiveness, uh, but let me be competitive, right? right. So it was, it was kind of, I learned all that, but it was always, you're going to be respectful, you're going to be humble, and you're not going to quit, right? And, and right. that carryover also is how you treat people. Right. So how are you going to treat people? So like you're saying for me, that's a no brainer for me. And I've done, you know, like I've done that again and again and again, and I love doing it because all of those people that are willing to wait to talk to me, to say hi, to take a picture, have me sign something, whatever that moment for them means a lot, but it also means a lot to me. Like I walk away from those things and I may be exhausted, right? Like, like for example, I did one last year, uh, world's strongest man. They weren't going to allow fans to watch us until the last minute. That was the rule, right? And so I said, I'm not having it. I'm setting up an appearance. I'll do it on my own, right? It's just, I'll find a gym. I'll set it up. I'll do it after the contest. And if people can't come watch, they can come to that. And I will literally stand there. And I had kind of, uh, you know, I'm beat up from the contest, right? Yeah. Like you, you just did World's Strongest Man. And the next day, uh, I'm at this appearance. And, and it was, you know, I'm on my feet for, I, I think it ended up being about seven hours straight i think i finished at 11 30 at night or 12 or something right but it was every single person stood in that line and waited and some of those people had driven eight ten hours just to come for that which was incredible to me it's humbling to me but it's taking those moments with those people 
And some of the stories that those people share are incredible, right? right? It's really, really incredible. They may have, you know, taken something that I said and applied it to their life and they've lost a hundred pounds or they lost 50 pounds or they have more confidence or they got through a tough situation. Like these type of things, that's an impact on somebody's life. Right. Right. And it's much bigger than it's much bigger, like you said, than a trophy or uh, an accomplishment or record or whatever. Right. It's, it's having an impact on people's life. And that's, you know, a big part of why I try to share all the things that I do is it's making an impact for people out there. And that's what really means a lot to me is if you can inspire somebody to go after their goal, to be better, to improve themselves. And this is the same thing too, for you. I mean, think you get to work with all these kids and man, I mean, they're, they're taking life lessons, whether it's athletically or not, you're still having an impact mentally. They gain confidence to go after something they want to go after and improve themselves and that for somebody to do that, to have that impact on other people is, I think in life is one of the most rewarding things ever. I, I, I've never been an illicit drug user, but I always say like, I'm getting ready to get my fix today because yeah. I get to train people every day and, you know, I get to make a difference in our, my coaches' lives. And then as far as Parisi from a, as an educator, I get to go out and educate other coaches and how we do things and how Parisi does things. And how does that make them more successful? How do we change more lives? You know, so if we really want to make a difference in this country, you know, it starts, it's one kid at a time. Yep. You know, it's just one kid at a time. And I look at the kids that I get to train. It's like, I, I mean, like I don't go to work every day. You know, I've worn a suit. I've worn a tie. I've done all, I've done that part of my life, but like I get to wear sweatpants every day. Yeah. You know, I get to wear, basically I wear pajamas every day. You know? <laughs> comfortable so, clothes. Comfortable yeah. clothes. And you know, but I get to make a difference and you know, I get to help educate people and make a difference and then see that, how that transpires over to their life and their, their family, the rest of their people in their life. Cause I've had kids that they started training. They got their parents to eat better you know, or vice versa, the parents start and then they bring this to their kids. Mm-hmm. So we train kids and adults at the same time, but like, it just becomes one that just making a difference in someone's life. Like we said, you know, they might not remember what you said, but they're always going to remember how you made them feel. Yep. My goal is to make you feel good today. Yeah. I, I, if, if you come to my gym, I want you to know that like, this is the best damn hour of your day and we're going to do whatever we can to get it. And my staff has done that and they do a great job. And I've been really blessed to have some incredible coaches that I've been able to mentor over the last 25 years. Um, what's crazy is like, there's like 14 of them have opened their own facilities. That's awesome. You know, so you know, you're doing something right. Cause they yeah. want to keep doing it. Um, so my, my goal is just to keep doing that. And as far as from Strongman, just keep, uh, keep pushing this guy forward. I yeah. can't wait to this summer. This summer show is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is man. And, and that's, that's the thing, as you said, it's, it's one kid at a time. It's one person at a time. And, I think when you when you approach life in that way and say, I'm going to look in the mirror first, and what can I do? What can I do to be better? What can I do to make an impact? And individually, if, if everybody approaches it that way and, and you handle yourself first, improve yourself, and then you make that impact, that that's a, a wildfire, right? What, I mean, what, a, it, what it, a great world spreads. we would live in if everyone just, you know, Loved everyone else. Yes, handled that. You know, yeah. What, what's the old saying? What, what did yeah. what did Jesus say? Love, love, love God with all your love, love God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely. Treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah, yeah. So and that's true. that's I think the the message that you know a lot of people hopefully they can they can um, 
you know, take that message to heart. And, you know, if you, if you were to treat people and again, it's too easy now with the way that social media is and, and whatever for, you know, somebody to say something negative and, you know, too many people take the negativity away from something that can be really good. And, you know, if, if you're one of those type of people, it's better to look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know what? Am I going to take time out of my day to say something negative to somebody that doesn't really need to be said, right? Or just not do that. The world's bad enough. It's going to make you feel bad. Yes. Maybe we should just say things that make people feel good. Exactly. And that's and that's cool that you can do that. You know, I, I try to do that same thing. And it's it's uh it's just that that passion, I think, you know, coming out in our in our lives and what we do and and um, you know, it's really cool, man. I I uh um, have been inspired by you in a lot of different ways and, and, you know, the way that you have approached this and made the sport grow and what you've given back. And, you know, we've been able to touch on that a little bit, but, uh, you know, we're going to do some cool stuff, um, you know, with things coming up and, you know, you're getting back in, you're promoting a, a contest, uh, this summer. And then we've got the next Shaw classic, which you'll be helping with. And, you know, I mean, it's just those type of things. I think the the doors are going to open, and it's going to yeah. be really, really great. Well, that's my that was my cue for my shameless prom- self promotion. There you go. Um, there it is. <laughs> uh, this summer, uh, July twenty third in Columbia, Missouri, we're going to be holding uh, a, a, an event, and the event will be Brian coming. I'm to coming. Columbia. I'll be there. He's coming yep, out, yep. and he's going to do a, a seminar and talk. And then the next day, we're going to do the Masters Clash in the morning, which is a Masters Pro Show, yep. um, honoring us old guys. Um, Which will be cool. That'll be really cool. There's some big Nick Best is coming. Uh, Travis Ortmeyer just said he was in. That's going to be really awesome. So I'll I'll be releasing the rest of the names. How to if you want to gain an invite? How to get that invite? And here soon. Um, And then this. Then we're going to run the 21st Central USA. We've kind of resurrected it. We that's cool. You were at the last one. You were at the 20th one in 20 in in 2014. We're doing the the 21st 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 showing of the show. So we're resurrecting the the uh, granddaddy of all strongman contests. That's awesome. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I think we're have a great time. Hopefully, uh, um, we'll have some people out there and learn some stuff. um, Have a good time and and just watch. Watch uh, some cool strongman stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to be great, man. And then, um, gosh, I haven't talked about that, but the, like the Shaw Classic piggyback, and which will be in August. So you're in July, and then we'll be in August, and um, that one's moving to the Budweiser Event Center here in Colorado. So big, big, big step big step up for us. And um, well, then, then we're open that up to um, not only the pros, but we're going to now do a women's class and a men's open class as well um which will be great we're going to give away some prize money to them and that's going to be awesome awesome opportunity for for young up-and-comers you want to find out where you're at you come to this show you're going to know yeah so we're going to do an online qualifier and then we'll, we'll say more stuff about that but the opportunities right it's like you're yeah. given opportunities i'm tr- i really want to give opportunities and grow that where you know you're you're able to kind of have that way to take the next step right right and and you know give the opportunity to the these open classes i'm really excited to see what happens with that well what i love is that you again you're giving back yeah you're really giving back giving these guys an opportunity who's that next up and coming guy yeah or gal you know i I mean i would have loved i think back to me and it's if i could have had something like that to go to when i was getting started it would have been i'd have been chomping at the bit to to get after it oh i you know i I think they're gonna be more I think it's going to be insane how many people are going to try to enter this. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be so cool to watch. And, and to me, it's going to be so cool to actually be there and be part of it. Um, and, and, and judge. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just real, it's It'll a lot of fun, fun for me. 
I, I like I, I I don't just judge. I tend to coach while I'm judging. If yeah, you do. So. You get you get a little animated. I get too. into it. I get excited. So, <laughs> well, that's that's awesome, man. Well, I think uh, great great message, yeah. great message, and you know, hopefully, people uh, you know are able to take something away from this and and uh, whatever it is, right, and apply it to themselves, and you know, whether it's the consistency or you know. Um, being being positive right and being having that impact on other people i think there's so many good takeaways from the conversation you know today and and uh you know it's neat man it's i feel like we could talk all day about different stories with strongman and you know how it's grown and evolved and changed and you know looking back you know in in my career and then you know even further back with your career it's neat to see that progression but it's like what we said earlier it's important to remember everybody who kind of paved that path to where we are now and you know hopefully we can we can keep paving the path and keep moving forward but uh, you got you got any closing thoughts you know what i think you're blazing the trail of a a bigger better show i mean i i we've never talked about your vision but when i look at my when i look at the shaw classic i look at the 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 shaw expo (laughs) i i see that vision i see that big vision that you know you know that's just a need and it's crazy how many people came out last year thousand people drove out to come watch the show and it's like you know it was just an incredible experience and i've got to experience about everything in strongman and it was it was the most phenomenal show i've ever seen so if, if you haven't committed and bought the ticket, buy the damn ticket because yeah. you're going to have a blast. It's incredible. And now this new venue, oh, my God, it's going to be awesome. It's We're putting a lot into it, man. And, and um, you know, again, trying to raise the bar and, and give back. And that's what it's all about. I said it's a contest by the athletes for the athletes, and, and they're going to stay at the, the forefront of that. And that's the vision, right? It's, it's making it good for them, giving opportunities now to other athletes as well and just kind of try to take a step you know, with, with each year in the right direction, you know, and there's a lot, a lot to be done, but, uh, we're going to take it a step at a time. Just like we were saying, you know, you get better and better and better. You can do the same thing there. I think you've forced everyone else in there to step up their game as well, which is awesome. Well, it's, it's about the athletes. It is right. And that's, that's my, that's truly at the heart of it. That's what it's about. That's how it started at the beginning. And that was, you know, I was sitting in this very office and I had that idea and went in and woke up Carrie at whatever it was 11 o'clock at night and said we have to do this and you know she's just like what are you talking about right and it's like hey we're going to clear the gyms out we're going to start this contest and we're going to do it you know and i just i knew i knew at that moment in time when when that was everything was going on it was like we're going to make it happen right we'll figure it out i don't i don't have all the answers right now but we'll just do it COVID would be damned you did it yes awesome yeah and and it's grown and we're going to keep it growing but uh Anyway, buddy, I really appreciate you, I you appreciate know, sharing, you me and, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if you guys got something out of this, if you took something away, please share the show. You know, it, it's, uh, it means a lot, and this is something I'm trying to get going and grow. And, um, you know, right now we're kind of still in the infancy part of this, but the more that you guys take away, the more that you share, the more it's going to grow and, um, you know, the better that this is going to be and grow. So uh, uh, definitely um make sure to uh check chat out where can they find you on oh i'm, I'm not real i know he's not not big on instagram I'm, I'm but I'm, i've got instagram and i've got uh facebook and it's okay. just under my name so just i'm not Ch- really chad nothing coy. flashy it's, chad coy yeah you know, it's just pretty simple guy. that's that's good man well you post every once in a while you put up some training I, stuff i and, try to I'm, I, I probably need to do more but i've been kind of yeah you know between the business and, and 
and coaching. It just there's only so many hours. I mean, it's not like you're busy or anything, you know. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hope you all are doing amazing. For now, go out and be great, and we will check you guys later.